Hi, everyone. Okay. Yeah. Oh, beg your pardon. Did you hear it? <laughs> I did. I did. It came through. <laughs> Hi, everyone. <laughs> Welcome to uh, Ghostly Residents of Old Cape Cod. Today, we have a special guest, and it's not just me writing the stories, but this is a story. This is a special guest who has uh, witnessed <laughs> an encounter. So his name is Dan Cash, and uh, he's kind of special to me. I'm partial. He's my grandson, but <laughs> that, <laughs> I know, giggle that aside. Dan, introduce yourself, please. Ah, hello. Um, I'm Dan Cash. I uh, live here on Cape Cod. Been here since I was, oh, geez, uh, six, maybe five. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's been, it's been a long time and, uh, it's, it's an interesting world living here on Cape cause there is so much history. Um, there's, I mean, there's this, everything's covered in, you know, native burial grounds. Um, it's just a very old eclectic, very interesting place to live. Um, yeah. And uh, thank you for having me. Um, uh, I, I really enjoy the podcast. I was, I enjoy the fact that you invited me on here. It's not something I get to talk about very frequently. Most people don't. It's very hit or miss with society. You know, some people say that you know spirits don't exist. Some people say they do. Some people are just in that weird gray area where they, you know, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And they kind of just pretend it doesn't. Um. <laughs> You know, and I think as as adults, we we get so trapped up in our everyday lives, and we kind of forget that we we might be here in this dimension, but we can only see you know four dimensional, but like animals can see like five and six dimensional. We can't hear the frequencies that say animals can. As humans have evolved with technology, because uh, technology is naturally deflationary. Um, we've lost our instinctual uh, things like like a, a, a brown bear can smell. I think it's like up to like five miles away. You know, humans be able, used to be able to smell far, far distances because we'd have to. We used to be able to hear, uh, you know, further distances like like dogs. But as we've as we've become more um, adaptive to our our new environment, we've lost our instinctual, you know, things that make us unique in this, in this world. And so there's things beyond our control that we, we really can't help that we don't fully comprehend. And, and one of those I, I believe is, you know, is spirits uh, and, and that, and that realm, whether, you know, it's people getting trapped here or it's because the, the energy, you know, you can't, it doesn't go anywhere, right. It just kind of manifests into something else. Um, I mean, the, the idea that humans could be, here's the thing is, in order for an individual to be, for me to be me, right, it's like one in 400,000. I could have been anything. I could have been a pine tree, a pine cone, a pair of beach grass. It's like the idea that, like, yes, we are uniquely special. There's something, but it, there's something, you know, interesting about every single one of us. It's very unique. But 
are we the only are we the only things here no like like trees have consciousness that's how they know how to grow towards the sun right we just i don't think as humans we fully understand the capabilities of uh the universe and and um yeah i don't know i i hope i explained it sorry for the rambling oh yeah you did you explained it very well um and it's true it's very true um now you said the reason I asked you to oh you offered to come when I I kind of twisted your arm, but um, where have you seen where have you seen ghosts? Oh, um, I know I know you. Pretty, I know. Go ahead. Yeah, I know that we only want to focus on Cape. Um, seen them in person, um, that would be Mashby in um I, it's not john's pond estates i believe it's uh a shumet which is on the other side of john's pond which was built in an indian burial ground um i've had instances in our, our old neighborhood in mashby um at a, a friend's house um and then the only other place the other places i've seen spirits but they weren't on cape was in hull massachusetts in a uh, a rum runner's house, and then in Plymouth, Massachusetts, which obviously being like one of the oldest, obviously it's not the oldest city in the in uh, in the United States, um, that would be in Florida, but it is one of the oldest places mm-hmm. in the United States. Um, and uh, you know, one night, uh, my wife and I and our dog did see a pilgrim um, spirit, you know, in in Plymouth walking downtown. So like. We've had, I've had some very interesting, I don't know, I think interesting things happen. You know, you had an apartment, if I remember correctly. I know it was in Plymouth, but you also mm-hmm. had an encounter there. You want to tell us about that one? Yes. So the, um, it was on the third floor. The house is built in 1900, it was either 1899 or 1900. Owned by an investor. The, the lower levels were all rented out um to people with mental disabilities and then our top floor is my first sorry it was my second apartment third apartment um because i had two in utah so it's my third apartment and um there was always just like a, a a sense that someone was watching us all the time um so if you went in the bathroom right and you were just going to say you're going to go brush your teeth the door would stay open. If you did anything else other than brush your teeth, um, I don't know, say you were going to go, you, you were going to go change into your nightly attire or take a shower and you forgot to shut the door behind you, the door would shut itself. There was, there was a room in the back bedroom that no one would sleep in. Um, it was supposed to be uh, my oldest, Chase's bedroom because he was an infant. But I, no one ever tells you that like, babies don't actually have bedrooms you just dress it up and make it look pretty but it's completely a useless room because for the first year the, the child basically sleeps with you um but it had two little closet doors that would open at night uh if they would open on their own no one wanted to sleep in there the dog was afraid to go in there um we had we did have some friends that you know reluctantly stayed in there in the middle of the night they would get up because the door to be like banging on the door and, you know, people would get up from the second room and go and sleep in the living room because they were terrified. Everyone was terrified to go in this room. 
Um, and then, you know, there was a couple times when I'd be sitting on the sofa and it felt like there was like a black mass, like a black shadow kind of peeking around this. Imagine there was a wall just kind of like peeking around the wall watching us. So one night it's not stormy or anything. Summertime. Uh, my wife and I are sitting there watching TV. We have the dog in between the two of us on the sofa and we're just watching TV. All the lights are off. And I'm like, I'm like, I can feel like there's something over here in my peripheral. And my wife said the same thing. She's like, something's watching us. And it, it was, it was small. It was maybe four feet tall. And then all of a sudden the ceiling, like the attic hatch, the little squares and the, you know, kind of like this starts violently shaking. So it's not storming outside. It violently starts shaking and falls to the ground. My wife is screaming because it's, it's not windy outside. Like it's the middle of summertime. There's, there's, there's people outside just kind of walking down the street casually. Um, so, so that was like terrifying, but we just kind of, you know, whatever we can't, re we don't really know what it is. Let's not chalk it up to anything before we move. Um, you know, we had, we had at this point, right before we're about to move out, we have two dogs, we have an infant. I'm, I move my wife and my, my son Chase and the two dogs into our next apartment in our transitional apartment before we bought our house. The, I'm like, I got to go through, I got to, I got to paint everything. I want to, I want to steam clean the rugs. I'm going to make sure it's pristine. I want to get my security deposit back. And in, in the kitchen was like a pantry with built-in shelves with about four of them. And so I'm taking all the food out and it's big. You're like you can actually like walk in there if you took the shelves out. So I take all the shelves out individually washing all of them. And I find a little door, a little trap door to my left. And so I pushed the door open. It was like a little, it was a little, a uh, little access. And there's a room behind there and I stick my head in there in the whole, it's a whole nother room that I didn't realize was attached to our apartment. Um, and the whole thing is charred. The whole, the, it's completely charred down to the studs, some sort of fire. Um, and basically they just built partition walls and sheetrocked everything. And inside was like little children's dolls that were all burnt to a crisp. So I, I, and I'm assuming that what was watching us was a child. Um, you know, it never did us any harm. It was just kind of, you know, creepy, if you will. Um, because I had the other encounter in Hull where we would play with this child. Uh, this is a different house, my friend's house in Hull, where we'd play with the child. And there was the slave stairs at the top. And then you would go through a hallway with a door that cut off um, the master's uh, like the house was partitioned in between like the, the slaves, the people that worked for the, the main owners of the house. And there was a partition wall and the, and the little boy would be bouncing his ball. You could hear, you could see him at the top of the steps and he would run down, run down the grand staircase and run back. And we used to chase him. We used to chase him around. And he, and it was like the funniest thing. Cause you hear like the little D -d 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 -d. and he, and he'd run after him and he'd be bouncing his ball all the way down the steps. I'm used to chase this thing all around this house. I don't know how the little boy ended up passing away, probably from something like scarlet fever or polio. Um, but that was that was in the Hull House, um, where they had the where they had the um, the rum runners in Hull, Massachusetts. In case anyone isn't familiar, it's right in Boston Harbor, at like literally in Boston Harbor. Um, if you're familiar with Nantasket Beach, it's like a giant peninsula that goes way out. 
uh, and it, it's just jetties out in Boston Harbor and people would, you know, back during uh, prohibition would, would bring their boats right onto shore. And then they had had man-made tunnels that went right into the homes to bring in like Canadian whiskey. They're all over, they're all over Hull. Um, those are my instances in off Cape. Um, what and about, yeah, what about on Cape? Mashpee. So, uh, so yeah, I guess the the rest of them would be the rest of them would be in Mashpee. Um, Ashumit, right? So Ashumit was actually, you know what? I, we, you know, it's funny. You and I had scheduled this to to do this, and um, my friend who uh, who I had seen. It was like two days later was the anniversary of his passing. And so oh. I, um, his name was Nick. Um, he had, he was a passenger in a car and him and his friend were coming home on South Sandwich Road in Mashby. And let me see, I was, I want to say I was 12 and Nick was 14. And his friend is a little older. Um, no, maybe I was 13. Um, and just driving too fast down South Sandwich Road, they hit a tree. Uh, he got med flighted. Unfortunately, his his injuries were too substantial that two days later he he passed away. Um, you know, the tree went right through the passenger side of the car. Great kid. Um, his parents owned a house in Ashumet, and and you know that it's you know the Ashumet is well known to be built on an Indian burial ground. Yeah, it backs right up to Otis Air Force Base, and on one side of it is there's the whole place is uh, covered in munitions. They would just bring the, you know, the fighter pilots off the side of the runway, dump the oil right into the ground. It's leached. I mean, the, the whole place is polluted. Um, they've really they've really done a number with that. But um, so one day I take the bus, I take the bus back to my my friend's house because I'm friends with his little brother, um and him uh his little brother's name is danny and um him and i walk up the driveway just could drop off for the bus no parents are home now his parents smoked cigarettes and they smoked to the house so you as you can imagine there was nicotine kind of covering the walls the, the refrigerator was like a like a dark off yellow tinge like it was supposed to be white as you can imagine and we're it's just a regular ranch style home and we walk to the back door because no one ever used the front and as you, there was, um, what is it? Uh, three over three glass, right? So there was nine, nine panes of glass. And as you, you could look through and you'd be looking into the, the back door, the, into the kitchen, you'd see the refrigerator, you know, standing out in front of you. And we, as we walked, and this is probably maybe two weeks after, after Nick's passing, we looked through and both of us at the same time saw Nick from up, from like here up. And it was, um, the most the most beautiful form of white you could ever uh, imagine. Uh, perfectly white, standing in front of the refrigerator, looking at us. Um, it, it, it was like I said, it was only from here up, and and we both we both saw him, scared us half to death. Um, the 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 uh, the figure Nick. Um, I don't know if it's I don't know if it's consciousness or, or what it is that's uh, the, the premonition took off towards the bathroom. So 
for four hours, me and me and Danny, my friend, sat at the bottom of the driveway and waited for his parents to come home from work because we were terrified to go in the house. No, we're only like 12, 13 years old. Um, finally, we go into the house and uh, I'm like, oh, you know, I've been sitting outside. I got to use the bathroom. I walked in the bathroom and there is a white feather stuck to the ceiling of the bathroom. I don't know how it, I don't know how it got there. It looked like um, like the feather of like a dove. It was it's just sticking to the to the ceiling of the bathroom. Some sort of like um, if you can imagine like a balloon, you rub the balloon in your head and it sticks to ceilings. Some sort of electromagnetic force is holding this feather to the to the ceiling. Never, you know. Um, again, it kind of freaked me out. I wasn't staying over there anymore. I, I refused to sleep over. It just. It was it, it 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 was enough to freak me out. Um, so that was my occurrence at that house. Soon after that, um, as you know, uh, there was a there was a home in our neighborhood. Um, that then they haven't even renovated it to today because a, a friend of mine lives in this house. Uh, my friend Alan and his mom and little brothers lived in this house and there was just something, there was something odd about the house. There was something, there was something kind of lurking there. Um, the, uh, how do I explain this? We, we started messing around with the Ouija board. Oh, good. I remember that. Okay. This wasn't in the A-frame, was it? No, no. no. Okay. Uh, this is just a ranch style house in the in the Briar Patch neighborhood. In the Briar oh, Patch okay. house. Okay. Okay. I know where you are now. All right. Um and the and it got to the point where we're like, we can't use this anything anymore. This thing is this thing is like dragging uh, the the cursor's dragging. And if you guys don't know, you stick your fingers on the Ouija board and everyone around the table does it. It's dragging the, the board across. Uh, and we would ask, you know, we'd ask the Ouija board, um, let us know you're here, things like that. And we'd all be standing around the table um, just watching this thing. And like the phone, if you guys remember phones, you know, they used to get plugged into the wall. and We, we didn't hold them in our hand at the beach like I'm doing right now. <laughs> um, the phone would the phone would come off the hook and be like, dit, 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 and across across the house. So one of us would go and put the phone back on the hook <laughs> would happen again. The phone would jump off the hook. You know, the next day there was a um, you know, a couple of times this happened. There'd be a mug on the wall on like a, a little peg, coming projecting out of the wall, and there'd be like six of them, and be mugs hanging you know on the handle, and they would just be shaking. Like one mug would just be sitting there shaking, 10, 15 minutes, as if there was perpetual motion. Like this thing had its own movement. You know, things like that would happen. Um, and then of course you sitting across the hall from me would say, hi, oh, you brought something home again. <laughs> and I don't think that was, that might be true. Um, but I don't think that was entirely my fault. I found when I first got into real estate, um, the, the gentleman who owned our house before we bought it was, excuse me, was a real estate flipper. Right. Yeah. Uh, and he 
he had somehow purchased the, the house through, I don't know if it was a bank or an auction. And there was always something odd about my room to the point where like, I would fall asleep on the phone on my little flip phone. And uh, then the next day it would be leaning against my TV on the other side of the room. I have no recollection of what happened to it. Um, I'd wake up in the middle of the night and someone was holding me down. There was always like, uh, you know, a black mass standing in the corner watching over me. It wasn't until I met this investor who actually now works in my real estate company, oddly enough. He goes, oh, yeah, I, I bought that house um, in the in the in the master bedrooms upstairs to the right, which was my room. The guy who used to live there hung himself in that room. I didn't know that. Dan. Like, are you I'm like, you kidding me? <laughs> um. There was, there was always like odd things happening. The TV turning on on its own. Uh, my alarm clock shutting off on its own. I know that's like a high school thing. Like I know everyone, I don't want to get out for school. My, my alarm clock didn't set itself. Like these things actually did happen. <laughs> um, you know, uh, waking up in the middle of the night and, and being held down to the point where, like I can't get up. Um, it, things, things just went missing. Um, I actually had a gold cross, uh, for a long time that, that I, that I wore around my neck and I had taken it off for something and it went missing in the house. I have no idea what happened to it. Um, you know, my, my cell phone being removed from my hands after I'd fall asleep with it and being placed on the other side of the room, leaning up against my television. Um, things like that happened all the time. So yeah, I don't know if that answers. I don't know if that answers your questions, but there's definitely more to us than meets the eye. <laughs> no kidding. Um, yeah, yeah, I know, I know. But you, were, <laughs> I kind of brought you up that way. Mm, I'm not taking any. <laughs> I'm not saying. I, I, but there's always been. I don't know. I've I've always been kind of in tuned with my surroundings. Yeah, and you've already you always you've always been sensitive. By that I mean you sense energy, and um, I know I know you have from the time you were a little boy. Yeah, it's it's. I'm not sure if it's a blessing or a curse. Um, <laughs> I think it's a little bit of both. I think sure. it's a little bit of both. Sometimes <laughs> ignorance is bliss, I guess. <laughs> yeah, but anyhow, what do you think? Can we save some more for later? Sure. Do you have another encounter? Um, the only other encounter was, like I said, uh, in, in the uh, in the beginning, was um, you know, when we, you know, one night walking up. This is this is before kids when we lived in Plymouth. Um, you know, we used to walk everywhere, and Plymouth is obviously very very old. And there's one way streets that go up from May, from. Uh, Water Street, which is right along the ocean where the Mayflower is and the rock that's it's a fake rock um, <laughs> up to uh, Main Street and we're walking up one of the side streets um, and all of a sudden Jen and the dogs stop and they're on my they're on my right obviously the dogs in the middle of both of us and we're walking up this little this little side street going up to Main Street and on the right hand side down the little little alleyways is a pilgrim a girl standing in you know, a full white dress. Um, com she's completely white, but you could make out like the the frills and stuff all over her dress. 
very proper with like the white bonnet kind of look. Um, and she's standing on the side of the alleyway. And I, and I look over and Jen and the dog are, are t- they're frozen in their tracks. And then I see what they're looking at and it just vanishes. Poof, gone. Huh. Wow. So I, I'm not, I'm not really sure why they, why they make um, themselves apparent when they do. If there's, if there, if there's like a sense in, I'm going to say the force, right? It's very Star Warsy. But if there's like a, if there's like an energy field that, it, that gives them enough power to become apparent, uh, I'm not really, I'm not really sure. I'm, I, I don't know metaphysics that well. Um, yeah, but there, yeah, you're right. There is an, and they don't, they don't, if they think there's someone that is receptive, they will show themselves. But if mm-hmm. this, if they're not, they'll hide and uh, make all kinds of ghosty things, you know, like rattling doors, sure. and pounding on windows and so forth, which a lot of people have seen or had, you know, experienced. So I've had, a, I've had plenty of that. <laughs> <laughs> well, honey, thank you so much for coming and letting me record this Um I'm going to I'm going to sign off for now and then um we can chat afterwards, okay? Wonderful. All right. <laughs> Thanks for being here and talk to you soon. Sounds and This podcast and all of our podcasts are created and produced on anchor.fm. The easiest way to make a podcast and trust me, it is. The podcast is hosted by capecodwriters.net and can be found on their website, www.capecodwriters.net. You may also find us on Anchor FM, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and iHeartRadio, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks for haunting with us. Stay tuned.